What is up? Welcome to the Life Like a Movie podcast. Today's episode is important because I'm asking a nutritionist what kind of foods we should be eating during this time if we have to be at home for a month because of COVID-19. What kind of foods could we eat to stay energized and to protect our mental health during these tough times? I am learning now and more than ever just from Brittany how much food affects our mental health. It's mind-boggling and it's crazy to think about. So I'm very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. We just finished recording it and she gave a million, it felt like, actionable tips and foods to eat. So I really hope you guys enjoy this. We're going to hop right in here with Brittany, the biohacker. No, I, I'm with you there. Things are, things are not the same right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Are you guys doing okay over there? You guys are in, in close to Vancouver? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're basically in Vancouver. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's, we've been getting out a lot. Um, we're doing a lot of like walks and hiking, which I think is like saving us because otherwise, like I would feel so stir crazy. Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, like, I mean, I, I already work from home, so it's not that big of a change with that, but like the gyms are closed and like the restaurants are closed, the cafes, like everything is closed around us. So it's kind of, that's kind of weird. How about you? Where, yeah. like, are you in California? No, no. I was just, I just visited California for a little bit. No, I'm in, oh, okay. I'm in summer, I'm in Summerland, if you know where that is. Uh, no, I don't actually. It's like, it's like up by Kelowna. Okay. I was thinking that. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's in BC. Yeah. 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 Um, it's by, um, isn't there a place called like Peach something there? Um, Peachland. Peachland. Yeah. Isn't it by yeah. Peachland? Yeah. No, it's very close, like 10 minutes from Peachland. Nice. That's awesome. So like, how is it going over there then? Uh, well, it's smaller than where, where you're at. So there's not really, um, you know, like, like, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's, it's, a, it's as populated or as dense. So I think I feel a little bit safe right here, but still everything's closed. And um, there's, there's, there's already like quite a few people in the Okanagan that have it. So um, we, we're kind of on lockdown over here. I've been going for bike rides and stuff as well, like trying to get some time outside to keep me sane a little bit. But yeah um yeah no I mean, I, I'm with my grandma right now and she's like it's like not very safe for her because she has a heart condition and things like lungs and mm. so it's just tough for her so like, for me I'm I'm thinking of just going complete like lockdown and not even going for bike rides just for her sake like just in case you know yeah yeah definitely that's yeah that's really good on you um yeah it's more of just like being around other people right like even if you go for a walk and you go to a park and there's other people there, it kind of defeats the purpose. So it's almost like if you are going to go outside, which I think people should be, it's like do it on hours that most people aren't doing it type of idea. But yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. Um, well, anyways, um, how about we switch gears here a little bit and talk about your expertise, which is, could you actually explain your expertise? Because I was trying to figure out, you seem to know a lot about like, a bunch of different things, but it, it seemed to all come back <laughs> to, to, to the gut. Is that your main area of focus? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been focusing on that, I would say, for the last few months. Um, and and I have the most experience in gut health with myself from healing my own issues. Okay. Um, but so that's kind of where that stems from. Um, but I'm, I am probably going to be switching gears a bit in the next few months, but that's something different. But yeah, like I'm, I'm a nutritionist and a biohacker for whatever that word means now, (laughs) but um, (laughs) yeah. And so, and like, honestly, like most health issues that people are dealing with do end up coming back to the gut. There's issues with the gut tends to be like the foundation in your health. Um, So that's kind of why I usually talk about it. 
Yeah. Um, I see. I, I, I'm not nearly as educated as you are, but I am fascinated, absolutely fascinated that our gut health can affect our mental health. When I first heard yeah. that, I was, oh my God. And, and then I thought of like everybody I know, like, so I'm 20, right? So there's a lot of yeah. people around my age that are dealing with anxiety, depression, and I'm like, wow. And then I think about their diet for some of them. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, what's that doing to their gut? And how is that affecting their health? So that's pretty scary, I think, for um, for a lot of people that I know. Uh, so could you could you give us maybe a basic lesson on what happens inside the body with our gut and how it affects our mental health? Like, sort of like the pathway or how, like like what what connects the gut and, the, and, and our mental health like that? Yeah, of course. So... Basically, the gut and the brain are connected through something called the vagus nerve. And the way that it works is that it works in both directions. So it's almost like a highway between them. So the gotcha. brain can impact the gut and the gut can impact the brain. They're not like these separate things that work um, on like different playing fields at all. Like they are very much connected. So how you treat your gut in in any different way, like stress, supplements, the food that you're taking impacts how your brain is working. And by that, I mean, like also your stress response, but also your mood and your sleep and how much energy you have. Like if you could feel fatigued at work, like how much um, resilience you have, like these other things. So it's very, very much interconnected. Um, and like some, some stats that you could even take it a step further is that 70% of the melatonin that your body creates, which is your sleep hormone is actually made in your gut. No so, way. Yeah. So that, so people like people think that sleep is um, a mental thing, which it is right. Like sometimes you go to bed and you have racing thoughts or you're thinking about your to-do list the next day or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever's going on. But in actual fact, if your gut health is not in a good place, how are you going to create enough melatonin to slow down your body and calm down your body so that you can go to sleep properly when the time when the time is right? So it's understanding things like that that really changes people's ways of like how they think about things um, in terms of mental health. And yeah. it's and sorry, I'm going on tangent, but it's same with the happy hormones. So we have happy hormones like dopamine and serotonin. And the majority of these hormones are also made in the gut. So it's not like they're just made in the brain and then the brain uses them and then you feel happy. It's like, no, it comes from a different place. It comes from the gut. So we really need to be focusing on the gut. Yeah, it really seems like it. And and by the way, feel free to go off in as many tangents as you like. I really <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm starting to see a little bit more clearly now how how this gets into more of a holistic approach to health as opposed to, say, when you focus on re resilience, it's like, okay, it's like something bad happens, so it's all about mindset. I need to like push through this, push through this. But when in actuality, it's more than maybe just like a, a singular part. We're not looking at the whole of who you are or and, and of how your body is reacting to, to certain things. That's kind of what, I, what I'm getting from that because I think – it's very easy for us to consider anxiety, resilience, stress. Like these are, we just consider these as mental things and we need to work on them with a mental solution when there could be a, a gut solution there. Yeah, totally. And people actually are aware that 
the gut is connected to mental health. They've just never really put it in those words. So examples are like when you feel butterflies in your stomach, because like something exciting is going on, or like you see the person that you maybe have feelings for or whatever, right? Like you get those butterflies in your stomach and it makes you feel a certain way. That is like an easy example of the gut and the brain being connected. But it's also like same with anxiety, right? So think about when you're feeling really, really anxious. Are you going to eat food? Are you hungry? Do you like clench your stomach because like you're nervous, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's the same thing like that is I think we, we react with our gut to mental health issues that are going on with us. Um, But sometimes we just don't actually know that they are actually connected. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, So how do we, how do we build an awareness around our gut? Like how do we become more in tune with our gut so we can start reading these responses for, yeah. Is there like an exercise we can practice or is it just more sitting in silence? Like what would you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I would say self-awareness is probably the first step in healing any sort of issue um, that you're dealing with, whether it's gut-based or mental health-based or both. Um, And the way that you can do that is it's different for different people. Different things work for different people. If you are somebody who likes to write and you like to journal, um, keeping a notepad or a piece of paper with you throughout like a day or even a week, if you're willing, um, and beginning to notice the different things that you're dealing with, the different symptoms that you're dealing with. Like examples, like when you're at work, are you fully breathing into your stomach or is it sucked in and clenched? Like like those types of things, right? So um, you could also look at your food in the same way. After you're eating your lunch, do you feel bloated? Do you feel tired, which is a mental health symptom? Do you feel energized? Do you feel like overworked? Like you can't focus? Like there's too many things going on? Like starting to become aware of your signs and symptoms is like probably one of the best things that you can do with your health because once you understand what you're actually feeling and dealing with, you can get to the root cause of why it's happening and work with a professional or go down a Google rabbit hole and figure it out yourself if you want to, um, which I don't always recommend. But yeah, it's, it's really just becoming aware of what you're, what you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like for myself personally, I would love to cultivate that, that level of awareness that, you, that you're talking about. And so what, what I've tried to do, but I'm not sure I was very effective at it, was journaling how I felt after I ate certain foods and or like after every meal, I would, like even like throughout the day, I would, I would carry my note, my notepad with me all day and not even with food, but just like at any time in the day when I felt something a little bit different, I would just write it down. But I, I, as far as food goes, I couldn't really figure out how, how my food affected me. And weirdly enough, like I feel like I, I must be eating not the best foods personally because I felt after many of the meals I had, it was, I, I felt some sort of fatigue maybe after 20 minutes or so. And I'm wondering if that's because of it's the size of meal I eat. Cause I usually eat between, you know, about like 800 calories per meal. And so I'm thinking like maybe it was the size of the meal I ate, or if it was cause I eat a lot of carbohydrates, if that could be the reason why, um, if I'm not eating enough vegetables or fruits. So what are some of the foods that we can eat to feel more energized and less tired? Yeah, this is a big one. So what ends up happening when you're digesting and eating your food is that after you're done eating, 
a lot of your body's energy goes into digesting and breaking down that food, which means that there is less blood f- blood flow and energy to your brain, which is why people feel feel tired after they eat big meals. Um, and which is why a lot of people swear by intermittent fasting because they are able to fire from all cylinders because there is just better energy and better blood flow to their brain. They're not, their body's not busy trying to digest what you just ate while you're trying to work. It's like, Oh, there's nothing to digest. Okay. I'm only going to work right now. Right. So, so yeah, I think you could be right that your meals are maybe too large, um, which might be like slowing you down and making you feel a bit more tired. Um, But in terms of food that doesn't impact mental health or makes us feel more energized, I mean, it's again, it's different for everybody. But what I would say is like the less, and this is such a, everyone knows this already, but the least processed food that you have, the better. Like if you're eating anything really that comes in some sort of package, some sort of, uh, you know, you bought in the aisles in the grocery store instead of shopping around the perimeter of the grocery store, which tends to be the fresh food and the frozen food. Um, it, it tends to be harder for the body to digest. There's more additives in it, preservatives in it, chemicals, um, that sort of thing. So sticking to whole foods, whether it's vegetables or animal proteins, um, depends where you are in the diet spectrum with that, tends to to be easier on the body and causes less fatigue in general is, is frozen vegetables and fruits just as good as regular or, or would it be like all right to eat yeah i mean what actually what i found surprising when i learned this was that there's been research that has shown that for fruit um they actually tend to be more nutrient dense when they're frozen than fresh Interesting. Yeah, and that's great because buying frozen fruit is actually a lot more affordable than buying fresh. So, oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, that's awesome. So, like, le- like not very processed foods, and then writing in a journal, like, how do we feel after we eat these? So, I'm I'm starting to get this a little bit. So, like, how long would be enough time to say test a food? And like, because I feel like it might be tough. Say, I eat like. I'm trying to test the um, like brown rice. Let's just say I'm trying to test that in my diet. But one day I eat it with pork and one day I eat it with chicken and broccoli and oil, olive oil, let's mm-hmm. say. Like, so like, like how much could that change how I feel after? Like, is there like some sort of like elimination method I should use or like, like how, how would one test that? Yeah. I mean, there's something called the elimination diet where you take out specific ingredients see how your symptoms are, and then bring it back in, say, a month later for a specific time period of time, so say a week, and see if they your symptoms come back. Um, yeah. And this is, this is very effective for a lot of things, for mental health, for skin issues that people have, for digestive issues. It's very effective. Um, but you do have to isolate the ingredient like that. So you know, say you're, say you're, yeah, like rice, for example. So what I would do for you is I would eliminate it completely for three weeks, three weeks to a month. And whatever symptoms you're dealing with, if you're dealing with mental health, maybe write down how you're feeling without it and then bring it back for a week and then see how you're, how it's going. Like, are you more energized? Are you slower? Are you 
fatigued by 3 p.m.? Are you hitting a slump? Like all those sorts of questions. Um, and and th that time frame generally works for people. Um, just be careful with like eliminating too many ingredients and then bringing them back. Like you do want to isolate things. So if you're oh. taking out like rice and I don't know, like quinoa for a month, you can't really bring back both at the same time. You, you have to bring back one, see how you're doing and then bring back the other. Um, okay. So you can pro yeah, properly do it. So how long would somebody want to bring it back for? So say you, you, you pick the rice over the quinoa after a month and you're bringing it back. How long would you want to test that after you bring it back into the diet? I would say like a week, maybe two weeks. You'll, it depends on the symptom. It does depend on the symptom. So oh. like I would say if it's mental health within a week, maybe two weeks within, but if it's something like acne, like which can develop, you know, which usually has takes a, a bit longer to show up um, yeah. you would want to bring it back for I would say two to three weeks and then assess like are you feeling better do you is the symptom better um no it's not better okay then you know take it out again or it, it is better okay then maybe rice isn't the food that you're reacting to or whatever right so it's really yeah. it's really doing that and then in terms of like becoming aware of your body and stuff I mean, I'm not the best journaler, to be honest. Like, I, I find it difficult to stick to it. Um, but what works for me is, like, I have a sticky note pad. And even, like, writing a question on there, like, are you aware of how you're breathing right now? Or are you aware of um, how you're eating today? Or whatever the question is. And putting that on my computer just, like, reminds me to be thinking about it and makes me mentally aware of my symptoms without writing them down and then noticing how I'm feeling, which can work for people as well. Okay. Yeah. That, that sounds really nice actually. There's a, yeah, to have a, a reminder like that. So, yeah. um, all right. So with, in your experience with that, cause I'm assuming you've tested quite a few diets in your years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what would be like, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, I'll just tell you my thought process right now. So like, basically like, food is medicine, right? Yeah. Like, and so I'm thinking like, okay, so if food's medicine, then I, if I knew exactly what I could put in my body, like no, no one size fits all, like for Brett, like individually, then I should be able to be completely energized, you know, 18 or 16 hours a day, let's say. Like, is that a fair statement? Like if you do it right, like you could stay energized all day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like optimal health is possible and it is it is possible to maintain it um nutrition is a major factor into it however there are other things that do impact that and will impact how energized you feel and those types of things are sleep stress your relationships in your life uh work your environment if you're exposed to mold or toxins or a lot of pollution like it's very holistic right but you yeah. definitely you can you can feel like that 100 percent. you can okay yeah i mean that, that, that's just nice to hear because i mean who doesn't want to like energy is like the currency we're all trading on right like it's yeah. like that to have you know unlimited energy would be fantastic so um when it comes to food where does one start like where does one mm. like you know like 
I, as someone who's listening who like hasn't maybe done a whole lot of experimenting themselves and just kind of like get, gets whatever is cheapest at the store and ha- doesn't doesn't really give it a whole lot of thought because maybe they were just never taught it or they didn't really know any of the things we, we've mentioned so far. Um, so wh- where would they, if they're going to the grocery store, where would they start? If they're, if they're used, like whatever the diet they're used to, like what are some good places to start when it comes to food? Totally. Um, yeah. So this is exactly what I was saying before is like processed food is by far the lowest hanging fruit and people really understand that, right? If I'm going to tell you that vegetables are healthier than your bag of chips, you're going to agree with me. Like you understand it. It's a very easy concept for people to, to hold on to, but it's obviously harder to do than it is to just say it. Um, so yeah, so I would start with that. Um, and it doesn't have to be this like black and white you're eating you know, cereal, cookies, crackers, croissants, and the next day it's all vegetables and organic grass-fed meat, you know, like it takes takes a long time to kind of get to that point. And people must just remember that give yourself grace. It's okay to have a chocolate bar. It's okay to have a latte or whatever is your vice and you like to eat or have. Um, Just try and bring in these new healthier uh, alternatives and foods. So yeah, I would definitely start with the processed food. And then I would also, when you're grocery shopping, like I was saying before, try and stick to the perimeter of the grocery store. This is where the fruit is, the vegetables are, usually the nuts are, the meat, the dairy, the eggs, um, all of the fresh, healthier foods tend to be. In the aisles is where the cereal is and the chips and the crackers and the cookies and the frozen burritos are and all sorts of things right so if you kind of even just switch to that mentality like okay what's on the perimeter why is it on the perimeter well that's where all the fruit like the fridges are usually right so they have to keep the stuff fresh because it's gonna go bad because it doesn't have preservatives in it which means it's healthier for you so just kind of like going with general nutrition rules like that is like where I would start with people. Okay. That, that's really great. Thank you. I'm, I hope somebody can take, uh, can take that and put it into action. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm curious, so like, cause there's a lot of talk about like carbs and sugar aren't good for you, um, which I, I can like understand like refined sugar, like that totally makes sense. I'm actually currently uh, trying a no refined sugar diet where I only have fruits and veggies. I do this every like few months just to kind of keep myself honest um so but i'm I'm kind of curious like what what actually like happens in the body like during digestion when we like when we're, when we're processing carbs and sugar and is that good or bad for us yeah so what i've what what i think a lot of people don't know um who aren't in this field is that when you eat something like a piece of white bread um or brown bread honestly for that matter um yeah compared to a teaspoon of sugar, it it does similar things to your blood sugar in your body. Um, so when people are like, oh yeah, I don't eat sugar, it's fine, but they're reaching for this super, super processed bread or crackers or whatever the, the thing is, is it's still those carbohydrates, those refined carbohydrates are broken down into sugars in the body. So to your body, it's the same thing 
if not worse, because of the other ingredients in that food. And there's been studies that have shown that eating table sugar, which is just like white sugar, is actually better for you than eating white bread because of the other ingredients in there. So yeah, because table sugar is just one ingredient usually. Um, So carbohydrates cause a massive spike on your sugar levels, on your insulin, um, which has a cascade of effects in the body. So what I recommend for people is I'm not saying go carb free. Absolutely not. Like I do not think that people should be doing that. Um, especially women and, and young females, like I, it's different for men. Their diets are very different for males and females. Um, but especially for females, definitely not. And you can have carbohydrates, but you could have better alternative carbohydrates and you can combine it with fat, which slows down the digestion of them and also slows down the blood sugar spike and the insulin spike. So you're kind of easing your body into it and you're still getting that carb uh, feeling and fix that you that you like or you may need. So, okay, so how can we like, so say for like maybe brain fog or maybe for um, like spiking our insulin levels or like lowering our blood glucose or raising it, I'm not too sure, but whatever, whatever makes us tired or lethargic, what are some foods that we could mix with a carb that might, um, that might uh, not give it such, not give the, make the effect such that we are like wanting to be on the couch for like the next hour? Right. So that usually happens because there's a spike and then a drop. So say you have a bowl of ice cream and then afterwards you feel so energized because you have so much sugar and and blood sugar and insulin pumping through your body that you're super energized. Like think of a child when after the child eats ice cream, they go off the walls, they go crazy. But within half an hour, an hour, whatever it is, you, there's now a drastic drop in your blood sugar and in your insulin from that. So you are now feeling worse than you did before the bowl of ice cream because the drop is lower. So now you're tired, you're lethargic, like you're talking about, you're fatigued. Um, and so, and that's, that's kind of the process of how that happens. So you can mitigate that through bringing in healthier fats. So what does that look like? That can look like um, if you, so say if we we're talking about ice cream, so say you make your ice cream at home or you or maybe you even buy it, but using a coconut-based ice cream instead of a dairy-based ice cream and using a sugar in it that comes from fruit or even honey. So switching out the sugar component and bringing in a healthy fat like the coconut, which is like the coconut milk, which is in there, um, really can change that reaction in the body. Um, and there's other ways you can do this as well. Like adding any sort of fat will really help and same with protein as well. Like if you're having a piece of toast and then you put on a egg on that toast and have it with the toast, it's going to be a completely different reaction in the body because now you have a quality protein source and a high fat source as well. So your body's like, cool, I can actually digest this better. I'm not going to have this huge, massive blood sugar spike. Great. Like, you know, I'm not going to feel tired in an hour. Okay. That is awesome to know. So like healthy fats mixed with carbs tend to uh, not make us as tired. 
Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I always like to dumb it down after just to make sure I understand. No, of course. Of course, yeah. Uh, so, so I want to be uh, respectful of, of your, your time here. Um, the last question I'll ask is if you could give somebody listening um, like a, a nugget or one piece of advice that they could maybe try like or like a framework to, to think about food that they could that they could practice what would that be yeah I mean I think a big realization that I would say say especially if like I'm not sure your age group of your demographic like I said I know you said you're 20 um I guess this applies to anybody though is like understanding that you do not have to feel the way that you feel right now and the symptoms and signs that you're dealing with, you do not have to have them. They, you can reduce them if, if not even get rid of completely. And I know this because I've done this for myself in many different health issues that I've had, whether mental or physical or whatever it is. You can heal them and, and people, people don't really always understand that because they think it's like, oh, I'm getting older or, oh, you know, I work a nine to five now. I, you know, I'm stressed and it's causing this and that's just life. Like, you know, I feel tired by 5 p.m. I'm going to sit on the couch or like, oh, I'm gaining weight. Well, you know, I'm not 18 anymore. Like they have these excuses, right? Right. The thing is, is like you actually don't, that's actually total BS and you can actually reduce your symptoms that you're dealing with um, through working with a healthcare professional, preferably. Um, and just like understanding that and there is hope and like for everyone out there who is like on medication and not feeling good or want to look somewhere else and just really need help. Like you can even reach out to me and I can point you in the right direction because I've been there and I have helped clients through it. And there's definitely, there are solutions out there for what you're dealing with. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. I would love, like, I'm so glad you said that because I think at a certain point, we just got to be real and say like so like er- almost every excuse to like not be energized or not be fulfilled. And it's just all BS, you know, like we have yeah. we do have control and, yeah. um, you know, into what we eat and, and what we do. So, yeah, I really, really totally. appreciate the sentiment. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank well, anyways, anyways, Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time, even during, you know, these tough times that we're going through. It's it's very nice and it's very good. Hopefully we can get all the groceries we need during these times to eat healthy, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah kind of like slightly worried about that but um yeah hopefully hopefully it all works out do you guys still have grocery stores open over there yeah we do we have um yeah there's one around the block that's open um I'm hoping it stays open and there there are food places but everything is just like grab and go or to go right so something yeah yeah I think it should be okay yeah all right. Well, that, that's good to hear. Oh, actually, this is this is a perfect last uh, quick question here. Okay. If somebody had to get something uh, that that might have to last them for, like, say, a month without going to the store, like, what would you recommend that would still be healthy? Like, can, can of tuna, rice, pasta? Uh, honestly, right now, like, if you needed something to last you a month that was super healthy, like, I would probably buy protein powder. And I know that's, like, not fully uh, fresh, like I just talked about. But the thing is, is like, if you're buying a high quality, complete protein powder, it's going to last you a month and it's going to help with the energy. It's going to help with the mental health. And even if you just like blended it with ice, if you don't, if you run out of like milk or yogurt, whatever you usually make it with, it's probably like one of the best things you could have in your cabinet right now. 
Wow, I didn't even think of that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Cool. All right, uh, well, Brittany, th- I just want to thank you one more time, and um, I wish you and your family the, the best throughout this time. Awesome. Thank you so much, and yeah, you too. That was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Huge thanks to Brittany on that one. I really enjoyed that, and it's kind of nice to have a few actionable tips for what we can do during this tough time. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as well. Stay tuned for plenty of episodes coming in the future as I start to unpack a little bit of the mystery around why we do what we do, how can we motivate ourselves, and how can we get what we want in life and to write a life story that we love. This has been another amazing episode of Life Like a Movie. Appreciate your time, and I'll see you next time.